BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, welcome to the Blonde Files podcast. I'm your host, Arielle Laurie, and I'm here to talk all things wellness. From how to achieve optimal health and well-being to the best beauty tips and everything in between, no topic is off limits and I'm bringing it to you real and unfiltered. I know there is so much information out there, so I'm here to help you navigate it all. Thanks for listening. Let's get into it. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. Today, I have a returning guest that you guys loved the first time. I am talking to Dr. Will Bolzowitz, aka Dr. B, the Gut Health MD. And you guessed it, we are talking all about gut health. So I'll start with, as he calls it, his street cred. So Dr. B went to med school at Georgetown School of Medicine. He trained in medicine at Northwestern Memorial Hospital and gastroenterology at the University of North Carolina Hospitals. He got his Master of Science in Clinical Investigation from Northwestern University and a Certificate in Nutrition from Cornell University. He is board certified in internal medicine and gastroenterology, and he's an expert in digestive diseases and the gut. He has also won multiple awards and distinctions for his work as a clinician. He's conducted research for and contributed to over 20 published scientific articles and over 40 presentations at national meetings. So his first book, Fiber Fueled, is absolutely incredible. It changed my approach to how I eat and my approach to my gut health. And if you missed our first podcast, which I believe was two years ago now, two, I'll have to go back and check, but you guys can search it too. But we talk a lot about fiber fueled. We talk about his approach. So definitely go back and give that a listen if you have not already. And now his fiber fueled cookbook is about to come out next week. And you guys, it has incredible recipes, but it's so much more. It's really a guidebook on how to adopt his approach and overcome whatever gut issues you may be experiencing and figure out the root cause of what is causing your symptoms. He really breaks it all down for you piece by piece, piece by digestible piece, pun intended. So you can take the simple steps that will help you create incredible shifts in your gut, your symptoms, and your life. And something that I really appreciate about Dr. B is his delivery of information, both in podcasts, on social media, and in his books. It really is 
so straightforward and manageable. And like I said, it completely changed how I look at gut health and what I do to support my body. So in today's episode, we get into all of that. And we also talk about like just how to optimize your gut health, creating a healthy relationship with food intolerances, which I know so many people deal with. We talk about the mind-gut connection. We talk about uncomfortable digestive symptoms. We talk about gut sensitivities and so much more. So I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Make sure you follow Dr. B and get fiber fueled if you don't already have it and definitely get the new book as well. You guys will love it. Okay. So enjoy. Welcome back to the show. So excited to have you here. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so, it feels great to, you know, reconnect. Last time that we connected, we were at the beginning of the pandemic and it was May or June of 2020. So now here we are and it's two years later and it feels like we're finally starting to move forward with something. So that's exciting. Yeah. It feels almost like a different lifetime ago. I mean, this time warp that we've been in is just something else. I would love to hear about Fiber Fueled and the trajectory of that. And you have this new book coming out, which is incredible. But what has kind of unfolded for you in the last two years? Ariel, I don't even know if I had a chance to tell you some all the major things that have happened in my life. So it's been a very exciting and simultaneously crazy period of my life. So I guess I'll just give everyone the full narrative. Fiber Fueled came out in May of 2020. It was an instant New York Times bestseller, which is really cool. But even more powerfully, 200,000 people have now bought this book. And people clearly have connected with it because I'm overwhelmed with the messages that I receive on a daily basis. And through all of this, I have been a medical doctor in a gastroenterology practice and taking call 24 out of every 72 hours, like literally one out of three days, I'm on call and having to, for example, go to the hospital. I mean, I recorded with Rich Roll in 2020 and I was on call and I actually told Rich, I was like, Rich, I have to leave. (laughs) I got a patient that I have to go take care of. So what I've discovered through this process is that doors are opening in front of me with opportunities to try to impact people's lives through this message, through my experience and my education and these platforms that now exist for me, books and Instagram or social media and podcasting and all of these different things. It's been so fascinating because my goal through all of this, my entire life was to become a medical doctor. And now I feel like I'm being pulled into this higher calling where I can live with a purpose and try to get my message out to millions of people. And so I actually just recently left my medical practice on February 15th, and it was not an easy decision. And I also am not walking away from clinical work entirely, but what I am doing is I'm reorienting my time so that I can be more present for my family and also fulfill these goals of trying to impact millions. So I'm doing that through this book, the Fiber Fields Cookbook, which I'm excited to talk about. And I really am getting like very, very strong vibes, very positive vibes about this book. But the other thing is that I've become involved with a personalized nutrition company called Zoe. What's really cool about this, what we're doing 
is that I really feel like we're moving research into the 21st century. So we all look at randomized controlled trials as being the gold standard, like that is the best that we can do. But the problem is that when we look at clinical trials, we are evaluating population averages. And you are not average, and I am not average, and the listeners are not average. We are unique individuals. And in those studies, you may say, like if the goal is, for example, weight loss in a clinical trial, you may say, well, the plant-based diet is better than the keto diet. I'm just making this up, but like the plant-based diet is better than the keto diet because people on average lost five pounds on plant-based and lost four pounds on keto. But what do you say to the person who gained five pounds eating plant-based? And what do you say to the person who lost 20 pounds doing keto? Are they wrong? Right. What's really exciting is that this is a new concept in clinical research, which I would describe as citizen science, where rather than waiting for the pharmaceutical industry to fund studies that they profit from, or rather than waiting on the NIH, which frankly doesn't have any money to fund small trials because that's all they can afford. Instead, why don't we all just decide that we want to do this together and figure it out and we all chip in? And so every single person who basically is a part of what we're doing, they are contributing to this larger scale of research where we now have 20,000 people and every single person has submitted their microbiome and has worn a continuous glucose monitor and had their blood lipids checked and consumed a standardized meal so that we can compare my results to your results and entered into an app what they're eating. So that we can kind of see like, well, what does your blood sugar do when you eat that? And we put this insane amount of information into supercomputers that run complex machine learning algorithms. And now it stops being about the population average. And instead we say, Ariel, based upon your unique biology, these are the foods that we think are optimally designed for your metabolism. So the results, the early results that we're receiving are super exciting because people who are following the recommendations are instantly noticing an 80% improvement in their energy levels. And they're also losing weight, but losing weight, like this is not a fad or a diet. And we are not asking people to remove or restrict. We're simply asking people to take food that they love and recognize how it works with their unique biology and make choices that just level that up a little bit. And when you do that, things just fall into alignment and the engine works the way that it was supposed to. And so it's a very exciting time. So I'm I'm back involved with clinical research too. That's incredible. Well, I feel like that's where so many people kind of get lost in all of this. So especially when it comes to like gut issues, you hear gut issues, that term even is very trendy. And I think so many people seek out advice on social media or, you know, on the internet, wherever to try to navigate their issues. And you're kind of met with these standards. And maybe, you know, this person is not, like you were saying, the standard or they're not average. And it's so hard to navigate these things when you don't really know how to and when you don't fall into like the quote unquote average. And I think that's something about your message in particular that's so important, especially with fiber fueled, right? So you say that what seems to be the problem is actually the solution. I think that because people 
don't know how to navigate this. They kind of blindly follow different things. They get very restrictive. It's very frustrating. It's kind of like a demoralizing thing. And they kind of restrict themselves into this corner. And so many different things can arise from that. Issues with eating and disordered eating and food fear and starving your microbiome and all of these things. So I think that that's incredible that you're doing that. And I think that your message is a message that so many people need to hear right now. At the end of the day, there is no one size fits all, even coming from me. Like I'm not trying to actually create a one size fits all. If you look at the messaging within my book, what I'm trying to do is empower people with knowledge that they can apply to their own life and find what works for them. And at the end of the day, where I want people to ultimately land is like, I want you to be happy. I want you to have joy in your life. And I want you to have a healthy relationship with your food where you look forward to meals. And as you just described, Ariel, there's a number of ways that that all can be disrupted. It could be digestive symptoms that you suffer with, but it could also be that you have an unhealthy relationship with your food. And those are opportunities for healing and bringing us closer and reconnecting so that things that we may consider to be our enemies, we actually transform them into our friends. And isn't that what we want in our lives anyway? <laughs> like yeah. none of us want to have enemies. We're all better off if we're getting along and we're friendly with one another. Yeah, absolutely. Since we're talking all about gut health today, let's talk probiotics. The state of our gut influences so many things from our hormones to our energy to our mental health and more. And paramount in maintaining a healthy gut is maintaining a balance of good bacteria. So Just Thrive probiotics help to do just that. Their proprietary strains have been third-party clinically tested and proven to arrive 100% alive in your gut. And they're proven to be super effective. I have been taking that since last year, I believe, over a year. And they were such a game changer for me. They work super fast. And in a study, the strains in Just Thrive Probiotic were shown to address leaky gut in as little as 30 days. Just Thrive can also help your immune system since 70 to 80% of it lives in your gut. They can help make your skin more clear, support your sleep, and even help your mood. So for me, they really helped with bloating and digestion, like in the first few weeks that I took them, which is really rare with a probiotic. I really love them. I have not had success with other brands in the past. So it's definitely a testament to the strains that they use. They have an armor-like shell that protects them from things like stomach acid. And another thing that I love about Just Thrive is that their products contain more clinical research than other products out there. I did an episode with Tina Anderson, the co-founder, just recently. So definitely check that out if you want to learn more about them. And and they are offering my listeners 15% off site-wide. So you can give your body the important immune support it needs to feel your absolute best and get your gut in order with Just Thrive Probiotic. Just go to justthrivehealth.com and use the promo code BLONDE, that's B-L-O-N-D-E, for 15% off site-wide. Again, that's justthrivehealth.com and the code is BLONDE for 15% off. 
So three years ago, one of my first guests on the podcast was Brandon Cohen. He is the founder of Liquid IV. I believe ever since then he has sold the company, but also ever since then I've been a Liquid IV fan. I absolutely love this stuff. I drink it all the time. So if you're wondering what it is, it's a hydration multiplier, basically one stick of Liquid IV and 16 ounces of water hydrates faster and more efficiently than water alone. It contains five essential vitamins B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C with three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks. It's also made with premium ingredients, non-GMO. It's free from gluten, dairy, and soy. And what makes liquid IV so effective is the science of cellular transport technology, which you can read about on their website. He also talked about it on the episode if you feel like going way back and listening to that. But it's designed to enhance rapid absorption of water and other key ingredients into the bloodstream. Liquid IV is also on a mission to change the world, something that he was so passionate about back when we recorded. And they've donated over 20 million servings globally, which is amazing. So I love it before or after workouts. If I'm feeling run down or if I'm sick or definitely when I'm traveling and during and after flights, this is huge. And also just when I want my water to have a little flavor, you know, sometimes it gets a little boring. My favorite flavors are the tangerine and watermelon, but they have so many good flavors or unflavored if that's more your style. So you can grab liquid IV in bulk nationwide at Costco, or you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code blonde at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you use the promo code blonde at liquidiv.com. You can experience better hydration today at liquidiv.com, promo code blonde. Hey guys, I'm Lindsay Carter, the founder of Set Active, and this is my new podcast, Ready, Set, Spill. Finding the balance between being a mom, running a business, and still maintaining somewhat of a social life is a constant work in progress. We live in a time where social media glamorizes everything that we do, but life isn't always a perfectly curated Instagram post. And that's coming from someone who built their business on a perfectly curated Instagram feed. Nothing here is off limits, so get ready, get set, because it's time to spill. your new book really lays out beautifully kind of how to navigate these things and how to explore what might be causing symptoms. But for somebody who hasn't read the book, if they are listening to this and they're like, I am having issues with digestion, issues with bloating, I feel like I can't eat anything without having some kind of reaction. Where do they start navigating all of that? This is such a common issue. And these are the people that I've been hearing from for years, not only in my clinic, as a gastroenterologist, but people who reach out to me through social media. And, you know, I wrote this book, I wrote Fiber Fueled, and all these people reached out to me and said, Dr. B, I want to do this, but I don't think that I can. I don't feel well when I try to eat the way that you're describing. And first of all, let me say, like, in no way do I want these people to feel guilty or like they're a failure as a result of this. But what I do want to do is I want to bring forward to them an, an approach that is a stepwise approach that they're not going to actually receive from their medical doctor, because frankly, their medical doctor doesn't have an adequate amount of time to teach them this. So I want to bring forward an approach that allows them to actually know how to heal and optimize their gut and restore function and overcome these limitations that they feel that they currently have. 
So when I was preparing this book, the Fiber Fields Cookbook, the thing is that I'm a doctor. So like, I'm not a cookbook guy. And I viewed this as an opportunity to create a resource that like your doctor could hand to you or that I would hand to my own patients to help them in their healing journey. And I've always wished that I could have handed my patients 30 recipes and been like, try this for the next two weeks and tell me how you feel. And that's actually exactly what's happening in the Fiber Fields Cookbook is that there are actually protocols built into the book that allow you to do that, for example, with low histamine or with low FODMAP. But to answer your question and take it from the top, Ariel, like how do we heal food intolerances? I actually created an acronym that is the word GROWTH. G-R-O-W-T-H. Growth is a word that I love. It's something that I want my community to view as like our word because a growth mindset means that we're not worried about winning or losing. Actually, we are embracing the challenge and we're just kind of striving to do better and we're celebrating that process even if we fall on our face. So in this case, growth actually becomes the one, two, three steps, the way that you go through actually healing the gut. G stands for Genesis. So now Genesis, like, first of all, I love their music. It's a great band. <laughs> um, I've gotten back into them recently after not listening for a while. <laughs> they are a great band. Phil Collins did his last concert ever the other night, which made me very sad because I'm like, gosh, I would have loved to have seen Phil before he retired. Yeah. So if you haven't listened to Genesis in a while, go back and check them out. But in this case, Genesis is talking about the root cause. What is the actual source of our problem? And applying some superficial label is not truly a solution. And if we want people to be better, we have to really truly understand what we're trying to fix. Because when we do, when we do understand that, then what we can do is we can actually create targeted solutions. And we can be highly intelligent in how we fix this issue. So step one, like this is the exact same way I would treat my patients in the clinic. Step one is what is the root cause of the issue? What am I trying to treat? Let's figure that out. Can I interrupt for one second? I'm just Please. curious, like I, I know that you can't generalize and this kind of goes back to what we were talking about before where like not everybody is the same, but can you, after seeing patients for so long and I'm sure all of the people that you've heard from since Fiber Fueled came out and on social media, are there a few common things that people seem to be suffering from? Like I know that in the book, you talk about going from fiber starved to fiber fueled. So I would assume that like not getting enough fiber and having that dysbiosis in your microbiome as a result would be a huge issue that a lot of people have because they think that they have to restrict fiber because they might think that that's the issue. I know like we talked last time, I think about SIBO and trauma. So are there a few common things that you see repeatedly that seem to be just common things that people are struggling with? Yeah, totally. So in the book, I actually bring forward something called the big three of food sensitivity. Which I thought was going to say gluten, dairy, sugar. <laughs> and it was not at all. <laughs> no, it's a little bit different. I'm coming at it more from the perspective of a gastroenterologist. Yeah, I love and that. When a person comes into my clinic and I'm trying to figure out, like they say to me, doctor, when I eat food, I'm not happy. You know, I have gas, bloating, discomfort, cramping diarrhea, constipation, or some combination of all of these things. So instantly I flip into, okay, what am I trying to fix? We don't want to make any assumptions. The diagnosis is not food intolerance. The food intolerance is the symptom. What is driving this? We have to figure that out. 
Now, the most common cause, by the way, of food intolerances is irritable bowel syndrome, IBS. And the problem with IBS is that it's a diagnosis of exclusion, meaning that you have to rule out the other stuff. There's no blood tests. There's no CAT scan or imaging test that's going to tell you that you have IBS. And in some cases, the diagnosis of IBS can be a problem because if we rush to a conclusion and we slap that label on a patient, what I've seen times in the past is that once we assign the diagnosis of IBS, it's like every other doctor stops trying to figure out what's causing the problem and they just treat them for IBS. And then the patient gets frustrated because like they're not getting better and years are going by and they become skeptical of the healthcare industry. Appropriately so, because they're spending thousands of dollars and not getting better. And I've seen these people come into my clinic. And the first question is, what am I treating? And many times it's not IBS. And I'll, I'll give you a quick example of this. So this is something that I describe in the book. There are people who have been told that they have irritable bowel syndrome, and they actually have a genetic enzyme deficiency that is giving them an intolerance to table sugar. So table sugar is sucrose. Sucrose is everywhere. And it's not just processed foods, it's healthy food too. And sucrose is not inherently bad, but an excessive amount of added sugar, that's a different story. That's not what I'm talking about, but like beets have sucrose, sweet potatoes have sucrose. These are healthy foods. But if you have this enzyme deficiency that you were born with, then you will struggle to process sucrose and you will get digestive symptoms when you eat foods that contain sucrose, which is like almost every meal. And then you will suffer and you'll go to the doctor and they will say you have IBS. And I had a patient who this carried on for 10 years and she had been to like five or six other GI doctors. And she came to me. The question was, have you been tested for sucrose intolerance? And the answer was no. And so we did a non-invasive breath test, which by the way, is completely free, which is really cool. The company that developed the treatment enzyme offers the, and I have no association with this company at all, but they actually offer the test for free because look, they like offer the treatment solution. And I'm totally cool with that because at the end of the day, them offering the test, if this radically transforms a person's quality of life, then that's a win for that patient. So anyway, this person who had 10 years of IBS and had been suffering, we did this test and it, it actually proved that she did not have IBS. She had sucrose intolerance. And so then we subsequently treated her with this enzyme to treat her sucrose intolerance and her symptoms went away entirely. That is wild. That was like completely the end of that. Now, sucrose intolerance isn't the only thing that we need to think about, although that is discussed in the book so that people can, again, be empowered with the knowledge to ask their doctor the right questions so that you can get the right tests done. But the big three of food sensitivity are not necessarily the three most common causes of food intolerance, but they are the three that as a gastroenterologist, I'm taking you inside my head right now. And I'm showing you that for every single person who comes in and says, doctor, when I eat food, this is how I feel. I don't feel well. I'm in my mind could it be this? Could it be that? Or could it be the third one? Because if you have one of these three and I treat you for this issue, what I have seen time and time again is that the food intolerances go away entirely. 
Isn't that so interesting though, how with your training, the three that you think of are so different from the three that somebody without a medical background would think. Like what I said, when I was reading, oh, okay, here in the book, the big three, I'm thinking the foods. And I think that that's what so many people think of, or they think FODMAPs or histamines or, you know, whatever it is. Whereas in your mind, you actually know what can trigger these reactions. And so you're thinking of it in a completely different way. And so I think what you said, like arming people with the information is so important. Well, because it might be the FODMAPs or it might be the histamines, right? But before we even get there, if we skip over the step, then we could be missing that person with sucrose intolerance, that there's a solution that will make this completely go away. So this is why we're doing this up front is let's think about the big three of food sensitivity. And I know I've been withholding this for far too long. So let me just get right to it for you guys, which are that they are constipation, celiac disease, and gallbladder dysfunction. So now to break these down, first and foremost, constipation, I would ask everyone who's listening to open their mind and try not to like instantly say, oh, but Dr. B, I'm not constipated. Because I've heard that so many times And there are so many patients who don't even realize that they are. So let me describe what can happen. First of all, the number one symptom of constipation is gas and bloating. Now you could also have pain. You could have nausea, lose your appetite. There's a ton of fatigue among constipated patients. And acid reflux could be worse too. When you treat these patients and you make the constipation go away, meaning that you get them back into a rhythm where they're having good, regular, and complete evacuations. Complete is an important word. Then there are no food intolerances and there is no gas and bloating. And that's a very beautiful, powerful thing. So some examples of constipation. Yes, the person who does not poop for seven days is definitely constipated. But I don't look just at like how frequently you poop. The definition of constipation from my perspective is that it is inadequate evacuation. And as a result, you are suffering symptoms. So now inadequate evacuation could be infrequent, but it could also be every day and you're just not completely emptying. And these people, they feel like, gosh, I don't feel like I really got everything out there. Or they go and then they go again 30 minutes later. You didn't really empty the first time if you had to go again 30 minutes later. That's not new poop. Or they go five, six times a day and each one is just a little nugget. And you never really completely emptied. These are all people who are constipated. And if you get them into a rhythm, their food intolerance will go away. There's one last thing that I want to talk about that I mentioned in the book, which is called overflow diarrhea. And it's something that we all need to be aware of, including the medical doctors out there who hopefully are listening right now, because a person experiences diarrhea. It's urgent. It's explosive. They have to rush to the restroom and it's water. And they go to their doctor and they say, doctor, I'm having diarrhea. Doctor says, take Imodium. And the Imodium is meant to slow down their gut. But the problem is that this person who suffered with lifelong constipation, they actually are impacted with stool. And if you were to take an x-ray and look on the inside, you would see that there's a column of solid stool that is backed up and the solid stuff is backing up and the liquid is sneaking through the cracks and the crevices. And then the liquid comes out urgently with diarrhea. 
the paradoxical solution, if you have this, this is extreme constipation. And the paradoxical solution is not to slow it down. It's actually to speed it up. It's actually to make it go. And then once you do that, once you flush out, you will actually get back to having good regular formed bowel movements. Are we always talking through diet? Because I know a lot of people listening in the wellness world, especially in LA, everyone's getting colonics and coffee enemas and this, that, and the other. Are those, is there a time and a place for those or should it be the other way, like through the mouth and not up? <laughs> well, our body thrives on rhythm. And this is not just the gut. Think about the heart. I could take a great athlete and this athlete, if I throw them into an abnormal heart rhythm, I could literally make it where this Olympic athlete can't even walk up a flight of stairs. The same is true with our gut. Our gut needs to be in a rhythm. So when we do things that make us stop, start, stop, start, that's not a rhythm. That's a roller coaster, right? What we want is a smooth ride and that regularity of like basically having a good satisfying bowel movement on a regular basis. It could be once a day, it could be twice a day, it could be every other day. But if you're completely emptying and you're not having symptoms, you're where I want you to be. So now the issue with colonics or coffee enemas or anything of this variety is that to do it once is really not a big deal, but to do it repeatedly and come back once a week and do it again. Every time we do this, we're flushing out the microbiome on some level. And our stool is like predominantly made up of microbes. It's actually not the excrement of our food. The majority of our stool is microbial. And so when we flush it out, we are by definition flushing out our microbiome and then forcing it to recover from what we just did to it. You will feel good when you do this. And if you follow that intuitive signal, I would actually describe that as a mistake because this is an example where the intuitive approach, I'd actually like an intuitive approach in most settings, but this is an example where the intuitive approach can mislead you because you feel good because you were so constipated and you got yourself a sense of relief because you evacuated it out, but then you're just backing up again. And so that to me is not a true healthy solution. Instead, we want things that help you to stay in a rhythm and it doesn't necessarily have to be a medication. One of the things that I've found to be tremendously helpful is magnesium. Now there are many forms of magnesium and you have to be careful because not all of them are good for constipation. For example, magnesium glycinate is great for sleep, great for mood, not going to help you poop. The ones that are best for constipation are magnesium oxide, magnesium citrate, or magnesium sulfate. Obviously, you want to do this under the care of a healthcare provider. I'm not giving you advice to just do this based upon a podcast you heard, but typically in my clinic, I would start with 500 milligrams of magnesium and you take it at bedtime because it will help you sleep better. And you start at 500 milligrams, you give it a couple days, you see how you feel. And if that's not where you need to be, you can increase the dose by 250 milligrams. You can get up to a thousand or in some cases, 1500 milligrams per day. I typically have not had to go that high, but you could potentially go that high. The key is again, doing it in conjunction with your healthcare provider and they can check your magnesium level. So wherever you settle out, you can just make sure, Hey, I just want to make sure my magnesium is where it's supposed to be. And Ariel, what I typically have found is that most of us are actually magnesium deficient. So when you check it before taking the magnesium supplement, most of us are low. And then once we start taking the magnesium supplement, we actually find ourselves to be right where we're supposed to be. 
You guys, summer is upon us, which means glowing skin is in. And if you want to get your skin ready, you want a routine that actually addresses your specific needs, I have got you. So I have been using Curology since last year and it's really helped my skin. Curology is game-changing custom skincare made for you by a dermatology provider. They will create a custom prescription cream for your specific goals, whether that's tackling acne, clogged pores, skin texture, dark spots, fine lines, or something else. You start by taking a short online skin quiz and uploading photos. And if it's a good fit, they will ship you your formula right to your door. It even has your name on the bottle. They have a full range of products, including the custom prescription formula. They have their cleanser, which is amazing. It's super gentle, but also effective. They have a great moisturizer. They have lip balm that I love. They have acne body wash and... It's all really good for all skin types, but I have to say my absolute favorite is my custom formula. So mine has tretinoin, niacinamide, and azelaic acid. It's literally the only product with tretinoin that my skin can handle. And not only does my skin handle it, it just soaks it up. It loves it. My skin gets glowy, bouncy. The tone is even. When I'm consistent with it, I always get compliments. It's all of the things that we want. And also the emergency spot patches are definitely the best that I've ever tried. So if you get random breakouts, these are perfect for that. So you can get started with Curology just like I did with a free 30-day trial at curology.com slash blonde. All you'll have to do is pay $5 for shipping and handling. That's curology.com, C-U-R-O-L-O-G-Y.com slash B-L-O-N-D-E to start your free 30-day trial. You can cancel any time and prescription is subject to consultation. We are talking all things gut health today, but it's always a good time to talk mental health too. I really believe everybody should be in therapy at some point in their lives because just like we work on our gut health or on our physical health, our mental health needs maintenance and support and exercise and care and all of that too. So that's where one of my sponsors, BetterHelp, comes in. So BetterHelp is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. You can send a message to your counselor anytime and you will get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions without having to sit in a waiting room, drive to therapy. It can be a huge time suck, which I think is one of the reasons why some people don't do it. So this is way more convenient. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches. So they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. They also have licensed professional counselors who are specialized in so many different things. So whatever you're dealing with, there is a counselor for you. It's also more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available, which is huge. And of course, anything that you share is confidential. So I want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you will get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash files. You can join over a million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash files. Okay. So we're kind of jumping around. Let's go back to the growth. So we talked about G. What about the R? So the R-O-W, I'm going to basically pack together. Perfect. So restrict, observe, work it back in. 
Now, the important thing that I want people to hear is that although there are products that will be sold to you, you know, poop or blood or saliva <laughs> or hair tests that are designed, they will claim to tell you what to eat, like eat this, not that. I have not seen a clinical study that actually validates these tests and they create a lot of confusion. And I just don't think that the confusion is worth it because it will actually separate you from your food. You'll start to question whether or not the food is good for you. And that's not where we want to be. But when we temporarily restrict, we pay attention to how we feel. And then we bring the food back. That off on, off on approach allows us to make observations about what could be causing symptoms like FODMAPs or like histamine. And then once we know, we can also drill down on how much. Because how much is an important question because that's our starting point. And then we're going to grow and get stronger from there. Yeah, I feel like that is where so many people probably who are listening are. Because I, I get questions all the time. You know, we talked on the last episode about my issues that I had and all of the different things that I did to try to get to the root of them. And I, I did everything. I did the tests and I did the elimination and I did the journaling and I did the low FODMAP and I did the no gluten, no dairy, no sugar, no corn, no soy, no grains, no... XYZ. Back to kind of what I was saying in the beginning too. I think that that's where so many people find themselves because they don't know what else to do. And a lot of the questions that I got for today's episode was like, well, how long, and I know you talk about this in the book, but how long do I eliminate these things for? How do I eliminate them? How then do I reintroduce them if and when? Because I know a lot of times you can eliminate something that isn't necessarily the cause of what you're reaction is. But because you've eliminated it, then when you reintroduce it, you might have a reaction, even though that's not the original <laughs> cause, right? So how do people navigate doing that? Yeah. So first of all, we don't want long-term eliminations. There are some specific examples where we would do long-term eliminations. For example, if you have a medical condition that requires that, like celiac disease requires you to be gluten-free. So Clearly, if you have celiac disease, I'm not telling you to eat gluten. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but generally speaking, we don't want long-term eliminations. We, want, we would prefer for them to be short-term eliminations in the interest of discovering whether or not we have a food intolerance. And then from that point forward, it actually becomes more about moderations. And that brings us into T, which is train your gut. And it's important for people to understand that your gut is adaptable, like so many other parts of your body. You know, you could wake up today and say, I want to run a marathon and you're not ready to run the marathon today. But I can assure you that if you actually commit yourself to that process and you stick with it and you persevere, you have a persevering attitude, you will run a marathon. We are capable of so much more than we think that we're capable of. And that is true for our gut as well. Our gut is capable of so much more than you think that it is capable of. And it can be trained to handle the foods that you consider to be your enemies right now. And it can be made stronger and it can have function that is restored where you have the ability to eat foods that you didn't think you were capable of eating. The way that we approach it is the exact same way that we would approach trying to, for example, heal a bodily injury. If you hurt your knee, you're not going to stop walking, even though to stop walking would take away all the pain. You wouldn't do that because then your legs grow weaker. And you're sedentary 
and your metabolism falls out of whack, and then it exposes you to increased health risk. If a person hurts their knee, they're actually going to work with a trained professional who lifts them up and encourages them. And they walk through a slow process of challenging that knee, starting at a very low level, and then increasing over time as the knee becomes stronger. And yes, there may be some pain involved in that process, but you work through that process to get yourself to that endpoint where now you don't have to stop walking to avoid the pain. You have restored the function to your knee. There is no pain. And you're able to run and jump and play basketball and do whatever the heck you want. When it comes to food, if you restrict the food permanently, that's avoiding like the issue in this setting is damage to the gut. You have an injured gut. We need to heal that gut. If you avoid the foods entirely, then that's like making the decision not to walk. Your gut doesn't get stronger. In fact, your gut gets weaker. And you may actually find that you have other food intolerances that start to show up because your gut has grown weaker as a result of this restriction. Instead, if you lean into training your gut, starting low, going slow, and just ramping up over the course of time by challenging yourself, I'm not saying hurt yourself. I'm not saying accept the pain. I'm saying reduce the amount that you're consuming so that there is not pain and slowly increase it over time. And if you do this, you will get yourself to a place where you can eat this food without restriction. And now what was your enemy is now your friend. I love that analogy. I think that it's so hard at the beginning because when you are reintroducing these foods or eating things that you don't normally eat or that you've restricted for so long and you have any kind of reaction, you feel like you're doing something wrong. But I like the analogy to a a physical injury like... I tore a ligament in my foot last year and I did have to stop walking for a couple months. But then when I did start walking, of course, like there was pain, but you have to kind of know when to push through it and how to work around that. So I really like that analogy. Yeah. And then finally, my last part of the growth strategy is H. And I'm actually very, very excited about the parts in the book that I share on this letter, which stands for holistic healing. And I want people to make sure that we understand and do not lose sight of the fact that you are a complete person and you have a soul and a spirit inside of you. And you are a product of your environment that like literally includes your home, but it includes your community and your connections and your literal physical environment that you find yourself in. And all of these things are different inputs that ultimately make a difference in terms of the health of your gut microbiome. And this is where things like, any sort of unsettled emotion. So I talk in the book about trauma, and I think that there can be this inclination for us to define trauma as only being things that we perceive as being severe and intense. When in fact, I want to open this up further to say that trauma can be any unsettled emotion that you have in your life that needs to be settled. And so it may not be like the loss of a loved one. It could be a bad breakup. It could be a mistake that you made in your life that you regret. It could be something that happened to you. It could be a bad accident that you got into by accident. So there's so many different examples of what this could be. But the point is, if it's unsettled, this actually is holding you back. And this is where people who are in a bad place, like when we are emotional, many of us will manifest digestive symptoms. 
So what happens when we have that sort of activity perpetually active? What happens when that's just like a constant low level thing? It's hard to heal the gut. And these are the people, Ariel, who they do everything right. They eat the way I describe, sleep, exercise, meditate, and yet they're not better. And in that setting, the question is, why are they not better? And the answer is, we haven't truly addressed the root of the problem. And the root of the problem could be that there is something, perhaps in the unconscious or subconscious, that's really troubling them that needs to be addressed. Or it could be that their relationship with food is broken. And that can go many different ways because it's not just when I say disordered eating. Yes, there are the extreme examples of anorexia nervosa or bulimia, but there are also just people who have fear and anxiety around their food. So there are many different directions that we could potentially go with this, but I'll tell a quick little story because I know we're getting towards the end of the episode here. I had a patient recently, Ariel, who she has ulcerative colitis and she's my patient and I have tried everything to get her better and failed. Like with humility, I have done my best and diet, lifestyle, everything I'm trying. I got her on the medication that I think is the best medication. She's not getting better. Then after probably two years of this, she comes to my clinic recently and I walk in and I see instantly that she looks different. She's got a big smile on her face. She says to me, Dr. B, I am all the way back. I feel like myself again. And I was so excited for her. And I said, what changed though? Like, I need to know what changed. And here's what she told me. She realized that her problem was the job that she was working in. She hated going to work every day. She was scared of her boss and he would publicly demean her and embarrass her. And she finally got the audacity to walk. She found a new job and they treat her with respect. And she looks forward to going to work every day. And now her health issues are gone. That's incredible. I feel like not that that's necessarily like a psychosomatic thing, but sometimes I know with my own history, I mean, I can relate to that story so much, but I've had so many different issues over the years that have kind of cropped up. And I am that person. That's why I was raising my hand. Who's like, I eat the way we're talking about. I meditate, I exercise, I sleep eight to nine hours. I do all of the things. And still a couple of years ago, like we talked about last time, I had terrible gut issues. I've had different physical things. And it was suggested to me that like maybe it was a manifestation of something else going on in my life. And I took great offense to that. But then of course, like that usually ended up being what was actually kind of going on. And that doesn't mean that it's not real. It's very real. But yeah, I think it's so important to hear that you can be doing all of the right things and you can still be struggling with something and that could be causing these issues. I wonder, is it too much of like a generalization to say that when it comes to your digestion and gut issues, if you're experiencing these things, your body can't really differentiate between the stress of a shitty boss or abuse or whatever from the stress of like being chased by a bear. And so your digestion just goes offline or is your microbiome actually, are the microbes impacted by stress? 
Well, the microbes are actually impacted by stress. They're, we actually have physiologic ways in which you experience stress and your brain, your pituitary gland will re release a hormone called CRH, corticotropin releasing hormone. And this corticotropin releasing hormone has a series of downstream effects. Like basically it's a cascade, a waterfall that starts taking place. That's all stress related. That ultimately the end point is you reveal dysbiosis in the gut, damage to the gut. So yes, there's a physiologic basis for this, but it's also the repeated injury that's taking place. It's one thing to get chased by a bear and then move on with your life. It's another thing to get chased by a bear and feel that your life is actually being threatened and then to not actually be able to move on because this fear that you experienced that was so intense and traumatizing in that moment, you are continuing to relive that fear 24 hours a day. And so then the thing that's holding back your gut has not actually been addressed, even though you are fully alive, but that bear is continuing to cause harm. So powerful. I think that's so important for everyone to consider because I think so many people have been going through tough things, especially in these last couple of years. There's so much going on in the world and hopefully we're kind of coming out of one thing, the pandemic. But yeah, I think that there's a lot of collective stress and maybe little T traumas going on. That's so true. And I think this is where I just, I'm, I'm encouraging people to, when it feels right and in the support of people who love you, to take a look at these things in your own life and consider the possibility, if you are suffering with these issues, to consider the possibility that this could be part of it. And if it is, then let's allow the people who love you to lift you up and give you the support that you need to overcome this thing that's holding you back so that you can be the best version of yourself. Like that's where we all deserve to be. I love that. Well, I always like to ask my guests, what's one thing we should stop doing today and one thing we should start doing today? Some people don't like the word should, so you can use could, however you <laughs> want to go with it. Oh, gosh. So one thing I think we should stop doing today is, and I am the worst offender of this, but I think one of the overlooked things is the use of blue light late in the evening, where it's really disrupting our circadian rhythm. You could go to bed and get eight hours of sleep, but then you're not getting restful sleep if you were like on your phone, on your tablet, or watching a lot of TV at night. So I think it's important to dial down the electronics or to get those glasses that we've seen some of the influencers <laughs> on the internet that wear that are like very orange and they block out the blue light. That's one thing that you should, I think, try to avoid is that. And what should we do? I think that we should tell someone that we love them today. Social support actually turns out to be often overlooked. We can talk about nutrition the whole time, yet we are probably more likely to live to be 100 years old if we feel like we love other people and we feel like they love us. I love that answer. I have not gotten that one yet. And I think it's so true. I think we look for the things that we can kind of micromanage and control and manipulate, right? Like exercise and sleep and nutrition and all these things are great. But at the end of the day, it's not really what it's all about. In the day, slow down. And we are social creatures. We actually go insane if you isolate us. And we thrive when we feel most supported and the most important things in life, it's so cliche, but it really is true. The most important things in life have nothing to do with dollars and cents. It has to do with the connections that you have to other human beings. And so let's really lean into that and embrace that because then it's actually amazing how our body falls into alignment when that is in fact the, the, the case. Yeah, so true. 
Well, where can everybody find you, find your book? Of course, we're going to link everything, but shout yourself out here. <laughs> Sounds great. The Fiber Fields Cookbook is out and available, and I am super excited to share it with y'all. It is not just for people with food intolerances, like we've discussed here today. It's also basically for anyone who wants to optimize their gut. This is a toolkit. 125 recipes, full color photography designed to give you a diversity of plants. I teach you how to sprout, I teach you how to ferment, I teach you how to make sourdough bread. We didn't even talk about sprouting today. I cannot believe it. <laughs> it's so great. Yeah, everyone should be sprouting. Everyone yeah. should be sprouting. Everyone should be fermenting. Real quick, there was a study out of Stanford last summer showing that you could actually transform a person's gut health in just a number of weeks by adding fermented food. So we should be doing that. Anyway, and that's why this book basically gives you the tools that you need to make that possible. You can also find me at my website, theplantfedgut.com. Sign up for my email newsletter. I love sharing new studies when they come out. And then follow me on social media, the Gut Health MD on both Instagram and Facebook. Amazing. And we will link all of that below. And thank you so much. The reigning guest, I told, <laughs> I was telling Dr. B before, and he is the highest downloaded episode that first episode that we did in 2020. And I'm sure this one will do even better. So thank you so much again for coming on. Oh, it's such an honor. It's always great to see you, Ariel. And I, I look forward to next time I'm out in LA, I'll let you know and we could grab a coffee or something. For sure. And, and episode three we'll do in studio. <laughs> hope you enjoyed that episode. If you liked it, and if you like the show in general, please take a second to rate, review, and subscribe. It goes a long way, and it's actually the best way to support the show. Also, if you want to see more about each episode, you can head over to the Blonde Files podcast on Instagram. I'm always posting about each episode there or over on my personal page at Ariel Laurie.